Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. The season starts tonight. Once we get over there, we can uh, get into it and, and try and put some good results on the board. Moth signs on at Ford. I guess uh, people out in the public um, associate the Moth at name with Ford. And Richo is Orcon's strongest man. Much of it says that you're, uh, you're ready. It doesn't, doesn't, give you a, doesn't give you a step up into the, into the championship. We look at all that and more today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. The season kicks off today as the cars get set to make their first laps of the S Marina circuit. What can a billion dollars get you for a racetrack? Well, certainly the best one in the world. And that's where the V8 supercar season is about to set flight. Racing commencing on Friday night with the Channel 7 telecast starting on Saturday. Neville Wilkinson is at the S Marina circuit. Neville, what is all that money? $1.3 billion dollars getting you for a motor racing venue one heck of a motor racing circuit this is probably have to buy i don't think there's any doubt that this is the world's best motorsport venue i've ever seen and i think the world has ever seen what about the v8 supercars what is the anticipation uh, like uh the anticipation is great they i was talking to a few drivers they love the track um, there's that new section which you're going to go through that's going to be quite exciting. Um, I had a couple of laps around the circuit uh, yesterday, and um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how some of these cars, the back straights, there's going to be some high speeds along the back straights there. Um, but, yeah, it's the drivers, there's lots of room to overtake. There's lots of rooms. If you stuff up, you're not going to go into a sand, a gravel trap or a sand pit or hit a wall even. Um, you might lose a spot or two, but you can really have a go at this track, and that's what I'm looking forward to. I guess all the focus is right at the front of the field. What is Craig Lowndes and Jamie Wincup going to do in those holdings? Who knows? Remember, they had a pretty ordinary test on the official V8 Supercar test day. Then they went back another day. I think it was Friday they went back. Uh, the word is they were happy with the test, but time will tell. Um, and um, it's all it's all about this first race. We're all waiting around with bated breath to, to see how they would go. They could star, they could flop, they could be mid-pack. Who knows? Neville Wilson from the Ass Marina circuit. Thanks for joining us. No worries, guys. And one final thing. Petrol is 38 cents a litre here, so we're soaking it up. Tony Riccadello has picked up the last seat in the V8 supercar field. He'll be driving the Kelly Racing Supermax Razors car, kicking off this weekend. Yeah, look, I'm really excited. It's going to be a big weekend, and I can't wait to hop in, in the Supermax uh, Commodore. Um, yeah, new sponsor, new driver, relatively new team, um, attacking the new circuit in the series at Yas Marina. It's going to be a great weekend. Um, I can't wait, can't wait to be there.
The fallout from the axing of Perth has continued this week with the Western Australian Car Club on the front foot criticising the comments made by V8 Supercars Australia and exposing the financial implications being placed on the club to continue running the V8 Supercars. Rick Gill, the chairman of the Western Australian Sporting Car Club, told the V8 Insiders that they do want V8 Supercars in the West. Disappointment is the word for the, v, for the fans in Western Australia and of course it's worth having V8s in Western Australia. I love them, the, the board loves them, the, the club, everyone loves having the V8s in Western Australia. What the point was, it wasn't an affordable option financially for the club to sign the contract that the V8s had presented the club with. Jack Daniel Racing Drivers, Todd and Rick Kelly won the F2 Expert Class at the Southern 80 Water Ski Race near Echuca on the Murray River last weekend. Breaking the previous class record for the event in the process, they're hoping that this winning form will continue with them as they kick off the V8 Supercar Series this weekend. We've had two months off, we're now able to pick up from where we left off at the end of last year and that gives us good confidence. Michael Patrici is set to drive with Dean Fiore in the Enduros this weekend. This move will see him running the car that he drove last season at Wilson Security Racing. James Moffat has been signed by Ford Rising Star Racings to run in the Fujitsu Series in 2010. Big thanks to Jim because without his, uh, I guess, uh, decision to revive Ford Rising Star's racing, which um, had a year off last year, uh, none of this would be possible. So I think, uh, you know, from a package point of view, I, I couldn't be in, in, a, in a better team. Moffat will also be supported by Norton Antivirus, a sponsor he picked up at Sandown last year. Yeah, absolutely. Norton uh, will be back on board this year and I'm very pleased to say that they'll be the the major sponsor on my car. So um, they've been absolutely fantastic uh, to me and uh, and they're a great company to work with and and just the way they go about, I guess, promoting promoting their brand and and, um, everything else that goes along with not just, I guess, having having signage on the cars, but um, all the other stuff they do outside of the car. and Yeah, couldn't be more happier to be representing um, Norton. James and Alan Moffat both will be representing Ford Performance, Racing and Vehicles, with the announcement that James will be joining the factory team for the Enduros. For me, it's, it's worked out to be a perfect case scenario. I'd rather be uh, driving with Frosty or Richard at the Enduros, and uh, whilst that decision hasn't been made, uh, as far as I'm sort of looking at, at it, it you know, it's a win-win situation for me. Stephen Richards talked to the V8 Insiders about his recent win in the Orcon Ironman Challenge and what it meant for his preparations this season. Maybe it was written uh, in, a, in a bit nicer way than, than, than that, perhaps. But look, I, definitely from, from my perspective, um, I held my own amongst everyone, and I wasn't, uh, you know, I, I wasn't letting the side down. So for me, that's a, you know, that's a that's a great way to kickstart season 2010. You know, tra- training camp really, as much as it says that you're, uh, you're you're sitting ready, it doesn't doesn't give you a doesn't give you a step up into the into the championship first position. That's for sure. Paul Morris has won the Bathurst 12 Hour last weekend with John Bow and Gary Holt in a BMW. Holt told the V8 Insiders about the event and his co-drivers. Paul's a great guy. If he sets his mind right, he's an excellent driver. Some days he's hot and some days he's cold. But fortunately, yesterday and the weekend, he was, he was, he was hot. John, on the other hand, he's, he's a, you know, a fantastic guy. He knows to give the feedback about the car, the driving skills of a man. 
he, he certainly showed yesterday, you know, uh, when it was in the wet conditions and when he went into the lead and took on Salmon, you know, in a, in a four-wheel drive car, he really proved himself. And then, you know, he showed his aggression as well. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Grant Boyden and Luke West. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Jason Richards. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from Auto Action, Luke West. And, uh, of course, Luke, uh, once again, the voice of the Fujitsu series and uh, the host of all the V8 supercar events in 2010. That's a yeah, fair real workload, isn't for it? Me. Yeah. And uh, also from P101, it's Jacob Black. Uh, welcome back to the show, Jacob. Hey, Craig. Thanks a lot. Good uh, to be here. It is a uh, great new year, isn't it? The season launch with pink lending get the party started for 2010 and uh jacob it's it's been interesting to see how the v8 supercars are are trying to rebrand themselves this year it it is it's a little bit uh i guess it's a little bit nascar it's a little bit hollywood and and obviously going for a much broader market than they have in the past and i don't know it's it's generated some some mainstream attention i guess with uh with some of the coverage of how the ad was made and, and having pink, and I guess that's always going to be a good thing for sponsors and, I guess, for the sport. That's it, isn't it, Luke? It, it really is a, a different focus on motorsport. In fact, if you were watching the ad, you might not necessarily know it was a car race. Yeah, that's right. I actually rocked up to the big season and launch extravaganza. It was out at the old Fox Studios, out at Moore Park, behind the Sydney Cricket Ground, and uh, I'll tell you what, those launches for V8 Supercar, they just get glitzier every year, and although we're only 100 metres away from the old hill on the SCG, I'll tell you what, that event, um, being even for a motorsport series, lent more to entertainment for racing, and it was a real statement from V8 Supercars. It was uh, a circus theme, and uh, all sorts of high-wire acts there that night, and clowns, uh, just, you know, don't uh, label any industry insiders as a clown, no, Craig, don't go down that track. Clowns uh, herding us into the facility where the stage was, and music acts, and all that sort of stuff, and then ringmaster Tony Cochran, minus top hat and tails, uh, introduced a new ad. And I like it, I think it's really good, it's, as Jacob said, it's going for a new market, it's the 16 to 35 year old market. And I think it hits the nail on the head pretty well. I don't think we've seen anything. I know we haven't seen anything like it. It's a real step above any other ad campaign. And for me, it's back to uh, 20 years ago what Tina Turner did for Rugby League. Now Pink will do the same with her commercial, which is complete with a midget. So it's a real holiday Hollywood production, I should say. Yeah, it is a... 
amazing production, Jacob. Sorry. No, I've, I've got to agree with that, and, and that is one thing I love. There's one thing that was missing for me at the start of this year, though, and that's every year I see the first ad comes on the television, I know the season's cranking up, and maybe I'm a little bit soft, but it always brings a little tear to my eye. That that montage, the seven montage with the cars dropping and the, and oh, the engine starting it, and everything else. You're starting else. to set me off now. And Honestly, it brings a tear to my eye, and I'm waiting for that ad this year. I'm waiting for that moment where I go where I jump off my couch and get excited and do my run around the coffee table and get laughed at by my housemate because motorsport season is starting. And so maybe there's a little bit of that missing and, I'm, and hopefully maybe we'll get something like that fairly soon. But that's what I'm really looking forward to is that moment where you get the tear in your eye and you know that it's almost season time. Now, one of the interesting things for me was the fact that the season launch being held in Sydney. Of course, Sydney is really the flavour of the month or should I say the flavour of the last couple of months after the uh, Sydney race was so successful. Luke invited 250-odd thousand of his closest friends to come and watch a V8 supercar race, and uh, what do you know, they all turned up. (laughs) That's exactly right. And let me tell you, it did make an impact. Uh, Being a Sydney boy, and I live in the Hills District, which is really the heartland of where V8 supercars want to crack in terms of the market, really, you know middle suburbia family suburbia and the few days a few days after that event i went to my son's christmas concert at school and a lot of the dads were going oh wow here it was really good i think we'll go next year so the message from that was that a lot of people went to it but a lot of people also held off to uh, hear what their mates thought about it and from just the average punter not the motorsport enthusiast the average sporting Dad and their lad, the uh, event, the Homebush event, uh, got the two thumbs up. I think uh, the Homebush event, we see the uh, launch in Sydney and uh, almost certainly we're going to see a pink concert at Sydney. Probably not this year, I would imagine. I would suggest to you it's going to be uh, 2011 or or later, um, only because the second year is going to have that word-of-mouth draw so they'll they'll have some good concerts, but in, oh, this is just me. You won't have to go for top shelf like you did the first year, but then you're going to go all out in that third or fourth year just to keep the momentum going. Yeah, you, you could be right there. Who knows on that one? It's certainly cold chisel. There's a hard act to follow. What do you do? Do you exhume uh, uh, Elvis? I know Tony Cochran has his contacts, but I don't think you pull that one off. But, uh, they've set the benchmark very high. And, the concert and people are already wondering how they're going to top chisel yeah jacob have you got a band you want to see um oh i i think that oh, i actually wouldn't mind seeing pink up there um but uh no i i think cold chisel there's i've heard rumors about acdc getting in and around different places and maybe someone like that i guess really it should be an aussie rock but no idea. Well, you got to remember that Brian Johnson of ACDC is indeed a race car enthusiast and a lot of racing in enduro sports cars, you know, like not professional stuff, but, you know, the, the minor stuff in the, in the US so uh, and Britain. So, he, yeah, he could be onto something there. Yeah, and I know that uh, this time round there was two bands that they missed. They were within a whisker of getting. One was ACDC. And the other one was uh, Good Charlotte, I believe. So there was a, there was a couple of high-profile bands that uh, almost came off the first time round. 
Um, I don't think, though, that you could get a better demographic band than Cold Chisel for that first Sydney concert. And it was really a a concert that was true to form with the hardcore fans. And uh, it'll be interesting to see now that they're they're going with the pink launch, whether they're going to try and drag in more of of the new rock fans and uh, try and drag them along through the association with music. And let's not forget, SEL, who's a part owner of the V8 Supercars, has got links into all sorts of things, including people like Parky. Michael Parkinson. Mm. Oh, OK, there you go. They, provo- yep. they promoted his last tour around Australia. Well, I don't know what sort of singer he'd be, though. <laughs> you, you, you might be surprised. You never know. <laughs> but the other point, you raise a good point there, Craig, that you only have to look at the success of the concerts at the Clipsal 500, where one night you have your Generation Y concert, next night the old Generation X, then a country night. Um, so V8 Supercars, I think, will look to replicate that situation at uh, all the events. We had that to an extent in Sydney with two concert nights. I think that might expand. And then, of course, with the new Super Carnivale, that the concert acts there will really will, will get the introduction of a serious concert there. Um, so uh, that is the focus. Com- brings us back to the point of how it's now motorsport with entertainment so it's motorsport but not as we know it jim i think uh more now more than ever are we wwv it could be guys uh we need to take a break here but there's plenty more to talk about including the opening round of the v8 supercar season i hope you'll stay with us You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Jacob Black from P101 and Luke West. Luke, it's our 199th show this week. and Oh, uh, so I'm not important enough to get on the 200th show. Great. Thanks, Craig. Well, Clarky, who was on that uh, first broadcast show, uh, he was on the 198th. Oh, well, okay. As long as I outdo him, then I'm happy. That's it. <laughs> That's it. And uh, Jacob Black, it's it's interesting. The opening round of the championship is upon us, and I know you haven't seen that ad yet, but uh, I'm sure that you're going to enjoy the coverage, even though it's going to be delayed quite markedly to make the weekend, knowing that the... Uh, the Middle Eastern weekend is actually uh, Friday, Saturday, not Saturday, Sunday, as we have it here in Australia. It is. It's going to be delayed. But one thing that I can tell you is I've already probably 30 times this week looked up the TV guide just to confirm the times and just to make sure that it's still happening at that time and making sure um, it's in my calendar, it's on my phone and everything else. So I think that there's still going to be people who are looking out for it. I think there's going to be a lot of houses in Australia where there's not going to be any access to any any websites or any emails for for a little while across the weekend. I think that, yeah, it's always going to put a, a dent in, in your viewings when you have a delayed event. 
But I think people hang out across the summer for the start of the V8 supercar season, and it's, it's something that if you're going to have to wait three months for, you might as well wait another couple of couple of hours for. And I, I think that that we'll still see people, you know, um, waiting and tuning in. I hearken back to a couple of years ago, Luke, uh, because I remember when the V8s went up against the cricket at Clipsal, and the V8s came off second best. Yeah, who were they up against, though, if it was the Ashes test? It was an Ashes year, yeah, but it was, it was a, an Ashes year. It was a one-dayer, I think. That's going to hurt, but there's not a lot of interest in this West Indies tour anymore and the summer of cricket, so that's not going to be a problem. But just going back to the question that you asked, Jacob, uh, my two cents worth is that continuity in scheduling times is really important in the TV world. People get into the habit of watching the V8s on a Sunday afternoon and I don't think it'll be too much of an issue for them. Sure, it's not live. They'll probably lose a few thou, maybe a few uh, ten thou, but uh, overall, it'll just get us into the whole scheme and routine of watching the V8s both Saturday and Sunday afternoon, so it's not too much of a loss. And the other thing, of course, the Abu Dhabi circuit is the Asmarina complex with lights, and the race is going to be going on in the wee small hours, so they're only going to delay it less than 12 hours, I think, because uh, we are going to see V8 supercar racing at the Asmarina under lights, and uh, what was it, called a park the last time we saw racing under lights? Yeah, that's right. Back uh, the very first V8 supercar branded meeting at the beginning of the 1997 season, I actually asked this question, well, I asked the question to Shane Howard, Howard, the acting CEO of V8 Supercars, at the V8 launch last week. I asked him, how dark will it be at the finish of the races at Yas Marina? And he said, uh, it won't be completely dark. It'll finish in the twilight. And we've had that before at Eastern Creek. So we will get kind of that atmospheric feel to uh, dark racing or when the cars uh, start to to hit the evening but it won't be completely dark like it was at uh, the F1 race they had there last November. Well uh, I think uh, Jacob uh, the cynic in me says at least when it is dark you can't see the people who aren't in the grandstand. (laughs) uh, I suppose that's true I mean but that event I mean even without people filling those grandstands I mean we're still going to get the benefit of that that pit exit tunnel, we're going to, still going to see that sensational-looking circuit and, and everything else. And I don't know about you, Craig, but I'm, especially when it's dark and the brake discs are glowing, I don't focus much out on the stands. No, and the other thing I, I think is when you uh, look at that circuit, you can understand why anyone in their right mind would want to see these cars or cars of this quality out on a racetrack like that because it is a world-class circuit. It is the the standard setter, isn't it, Mm. Gus Marina? It's the glamour circuit in world motorsport. doesn't have the heritage, doesn't have the history, but it is the biggest buck circuit out there, biggest glamour venue in terms of facilities. Mm. Jacob? No, that's exactly right. And these these are some of the best saloon cars that you'll see racing anywhere. These are the best things on four wheels with swinging doors and lids. They're the most spectacular. They're the most glamorous, and to put them on a track like that, um, you know, even though, yeah, we only get the benefit of it 
via television is still something that that's really spectacular and sensational to see. All right. Now, Jacob, have you got a winner for me? Where are you feeling the form lies here in the first round on an untried, untamed circuit? Oh, look, I, I think that, um, that, yeah, we've seen some speed from, from SBR and, and Jason Bargwana and those sorts of things, and they were surprising. Um, but then we also saw... Um, you know, HRT were putting in competitive times. I I think that given that the stability in in toll HRT, I, I can't see it really going past Tander or Davison. I'm expecting them to come out of the blocks, in particular Davison. So if I was going to go to the betting to the to the betting centre, I'd be putting it on Davison. Okay, Luke, where's yeah. your hard earned? I agree with Jacob in uh, toll HRT. They've got the stability there. My tip is Garth Tander. Got off to a terrible start last year in the championship, and if uh, the Adelaide race, the season opener in 09, went better for him, he may well have been able to uh, you know, really vie for the championship. But it wasn't to be. He played catch up all year, so I think if he can get off to a good start, he'll be looking good. Uh, I don't think we can read too much into the Winton and Queensland raceway pre-season testing times. Uh, very hot conditions for the most part there. So uh, I think the stability of HRT will come to the fore. All right, then. Now, on other matters that have been going on around the country, the Bathurst 12-hour, a big win for Paul Morris, who is returning to a regular series round this weekend. And uh, Gary Holt, Morris and Bow in a BMW managed to brave the weather, brave the tree across the track to take out the victory. Um, Next to the V8 supercar names was uh, Neil Crompton and Glenn Seaton and Mark King, who, depending on protests, either came second or third. I'm not sure how that's all panning out there because the Wall Simmons car, the Wall 2 Simmons car, um, was next. You had uh, Nathan Preddy and Cameron McConville. And I'm surprised I haven't heard too much talk about Cameron McConville's um, endurance future, Luke. Yeah, you're right there. I was only thinking the same the other day. I would have thought that he would have been announced already with one of the top Holden teams, given that he's done the vast majority, and think I've pretty much done his entire career with the General. But I was up at uh, Bathurst for the 12 hour. I actually went up uh, to the Central West, went to uh, Nubla. We might talk about that in a moment on the Saturday. Came back to Sydney via a very soggy Bathurst and Mount Panorama and spent the middle of the day there. Saw the tree go across the track there, so that... This year's event will be known forevermore as the year that the tree, the gum tree, fell across Conrod Strait. But fair old effort from uh, John Bow, Paul Morris and Gary Holt in a two-wheel drive BMW up against all the Evos, four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. So in the soggy conditions, uh, I think we should give them a round of applause, definitely. Mm. And of course, uh, for the other V8 supercars, not too many regulars uh, were braving a race the week before the season starts, understandably. But uh, you also had Steve Owen there get his second pole position in uh, Mitsubishi Evo 10 in the Superbarn car with the Conturus brothers. And, uh, well, eventually got a 10th place finish or a 9th place finish pending uh, appeals and uh, finished, what, about eight laps down at the end. So he, he was very confident that they would be able to lift that trophy this year. But unfortunately, races of that nature... Uh, do tend to, uh, you know, make, uh, well, make things not work out as you might hope, Jacob. 
No, no, and and obviously, yeah, he was, he's gone in. He's he's got pole. He's, he's very confident. Eight laps is. It sounds like a big gap, doesn't it? But I guess when you're talking about 12 hours and you're talking about the diversity of these cars and and definitely some tricky weather conditions and trees and everything else, I guess it's easy to lose that time. And um, I, I guess that you know it's one to file away for next year. And every year that he misses out, you've got to. You've got to wonder how much closer he wants to get to it and how much hungrier he's going to be. Mm. I understand that car had a blown fuse early in the race, so that's what uh, dropped them down and lost lost all those laps early on and then fought back. So bad luck for for Steve Owen, but that car just doesn't seem to quite have the level of preparation of... uh, of a number of other of the Evos in the field with two years in a row now mechanical issues. Yep, that's He's right. He's got to be happier that he ended up a, that he ended up with a much straighter car than uh, than one of the other big names in the in the race, and that was the Banner car. Yeah, actually, that was an interesting uh, activity there or incident because uh, Eric Banner's Evo in the hands of uh, Peter Hill stopped out on the circuit. And it was out there at Reed Park for a good couple of minutes and the safety car boards were shown and then Dean Herridge, I believe it was, in the Subaru was charging around to uh, get to the back of the daisy chain with the safety car and uh, slammed into that car. So I'm not sure if he was helping the stewards with their inquiries, but just goes to show that something of a misnomer that safety car if it doesn't bunch the field up and lead to an accident then it can be quite dangerous in other aspects too so i think we might hear a little bit more about that incident yeah i'm sure we will um now the start of the uh, of what would become the v8 supercar series was the australian touring car championship and one of the things you did last week luke is you went back to where it all began Yeah, back to the outskirts of Orange. That's about 45 minutes west of Bathurst to an old defunct uh, street circuit called Nubla. And it's an Aboriginal name uh, for Cannabalus, you know, the Mount Cannabalus out there. But anyway, uh, they got 11 of the 51 drivers that competed in the first ever Australian Touring Car Championship race when it was just a single race, not a championship series, but just a single race. Back uh, in February 1960 was the first one. So exactly 50 years on, got 11 of the 51 drivers that were in that trailblazing race and the Australian Touring Car Championship has evolved and was now uh, was evolved into the V8 Supercar Championship Series. So it was uh, great to check that out, speak to some of uh, the old drivers in that race. Um, the best form driver from 1960 that came back this year was a guy called Max Volkers and he was in, he's a Queenslander in Holden, Humpy Holden so Holden has a long legacy in Australian Touring Car Championship competition so I just soaked all that up and uh, so Jack Brabham was there to cut the birthday cake at a huge dinner they had at the local Rissol, that's the RSL club. So it was great stuff there just to see where our V8 Championship Series all began 50 years ago. Mm. Well, we need to take a break and we'll be back with something new, the new-sounding, new-looking Gas and Go. I hope you'll stay with us. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. 
showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lab, it is still Jacob Black and Luke West for Gas and Go. And gentlemen, with the new sound effects, it is three minutes set on the clock and your time starts now. Will Perth make it back onto the calendar, Luke West? Not in 2010, I wouldn't think, but then it will return uh, once the Western Australian Government have uh, been given a prod, I think, and upgraded that, helped upgrade that facility or fast-track that. That's my understanding. Jacob? Uh, I'm a little bit more cynical. I don't think it will. I think uh, the government's not that keen on it. I don't think um, I, I don't think that they'll be bothered coming to the party now. All right. Now, will racing under lights become the norm for the V8s, Jacob? Uh I wouldn't mind. I think it'll. We'll end up having maybe two or three uh, under lights races each year. No, I don't think it will until the sport grows to another level, at least because under night races means under lights races means that the broadcast will have to go up against uh, prime time television. Have to rate for that level, and we're a fair way away from that. Pink, is that the right colour for V8 supercars, Luke? Yes, it is. As I said, Tina Turner revitalised league 20 years ago. Pink will do the same now, and uh, I think she's hot to trot. White appeal, and it rubs off, shows up V8 supercars to be a pretty funky brand. Jacob? Yep, I think it is. All the things that Luke said, and I've seen the ad. James Courtney seems to like it. The first two rounds, Jacob, will be delayed. How much is that going to affect the TV coverage? Um, oh, it, a little bit, yeah, a little bit for sure. But as Luke mentioned, gets us in the in the rhythm, and also people are hanging out for this. We can't wait for the season to start. All right, Luke. How much do you think? Oh, well, I think you said before a couple of ten thousands. Yeah, something like that. But uh, we all want to see the new paint jobs and see how the season gets going. It's just like uh, the anticipation we feel for the new Formula One season. You might get sick of that after a few rounds, but you want to see the V8s at the opening round. All right, now you've preempted your answer here. Will we see Singapore replace Perth in 2011, Luke West? Mm, not a championship round, at least, because you've got to remember that uh, Channel 10 has, or 1 has the rights to, to Formula One. So if we do, it won't be a championship points paying round. I mean the Changi circuit, not the street circuit. Um, could do. Who knows? Sorry, I <laughs> okay. totally misread that question. Don't have an answer. <laughs> Prepared. <laughs> Jacob? Uh, probably, yeah. All right, that's guessing. Go! Uh, for the first week as the car drives off into the distance, I'd like to thank none other than Luke West from Auto Action, VRX Magazine, and, of course, the voice of the Fujitsu series, which is really going to be... Uh, it's going to be a cracking series this year with uh, all the announcements in the off-series for the way the series is going to be profiled and also with the drivers and the commitments from the teams that are stepping back in. Exactly right. And uh, can I just do a shameless plug? Uh, my new blah, my orange... Yarn will be in auto action next Wednesday, so look out for that with uh, a complete overview of what happened there to celebrate the Australian Touring Car Championship's 50th birthday. All right, then, and Jacob, we're looking forward to seeing 
all your writings with P101 in the future. Thanks very much. Thanks for that. That's V8 Insiders for another week. As the Checker Flag waves over this edition, my thanks to Luke West and Jacob Black. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.